0: Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org.
1: A lot of times we we tend to overcomplicate love. We overcomplicate it because uh, a lot of times we, we misuse the words love. So I just want to pray, on and invite the Holy Spirit into this, and then um, it's going to be like, a, for those that are sporting fans, it's going to be like, oh, I'm going to set it up, and then Blakey is going to bring it home, which is awesome. <clears throat> so Lord, I just invite you into this space right now. Uh, uh, I know that you would love for all of us to experience your extravagant love but that you've given us the choice to be able to accept that, that invitation to be able to go on to it. So Lord, I just pray that that just starts opening up just a little bit today. I pray that your spirit, and that's already flowing through this area, that it doesn't just stop and cease just because we, we start talking about the love, but it actually starts flourishing just like good soil. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So love, I, I, on Friday night, um, we, we came back to youth and I started speaking uh, about love to the youth uh, in, in that sense and and what love was and um, what the misconception of love is. And I was looking into it as I was setting up for uh, today and it's, it just says, the reason why I think that I wanted to, or to, um, well, got it placed on my heart to, to name it simple love, is because The word "love" has become one of society's bywords. The casual use of the word has begun to empty the meaning of love, unfortunately. So much, so much so that um, a lot of people don't know what real love is. Now, in the Bible, it says God is love. But how can we expand on that as Christians? How can we expand on that as His children? God's love is real, so real that he sent his son. Not only he sent his son, but his son was sent to save and accept the judgment of sin in the place of sin. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says in the New Living Translation, which I'm not going to um, live off. At the moment what I'm going to do is I'm going to bounce between that and the Passion Translation because for some reason the Passion Translation seems to be just bursting with words. And it's a beautiful remnant of the words in this verse, in this, in this scripture. But in the New Living Translation it says, Love is patient and love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. And I'm going to skip over to Passion Translation. Listen to these words love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame or disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honour. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offence. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Never stops, love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is even more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after the words of knowledge are forgotten. Until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love, yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which we run. Now we're going into this season of, there's, there's a couple of marriages around, there's a couple of um, Relationships building, especially in the youth and the young, young people. But one of the things that I continually keep on saying with a lot of my leadership, and especially since we've started up a mentoring program, is that there's this toolbox kind of thinking when you're training up people. Um, and when I was going through corrective services, this was one of the, the things that I used is there's, there's so many things that we can Use, but it's how we learn how to use it is is vital to the actual situation. Now, I'm going to break that down just a little bit. A trader goes to a site and they have in their toolbox all these tools to be able to fix or create or mend things that may happen on the worksite. But they don't use all the tools at once. They need to know how to use each tool that's in their tool bag to be able to rectify the situation. That's the same in our lives. And I believe, and I've I've said this several times standing up here, is I believe that we need to be an intergenerational body that feeds into each other, whether we're young or we're old. And the biggest tool that we need to use in our tool bag is love. Because from love comes not just the direction of life, not just the direction of God, but it also comes that direction of kindness. And through kindness... Things just either make sense, work out, tend to just come together. Now it's hard to actually know that when we don't, when a lot of people, and for, for me in, in my life, um... Growing up, up up until I actually started accepting Christ into my life, not just saying, yes, I'm a Christ follower, but actually accepting him into my life, I actually didn't know what love was, and I threw it around so much. Like I said at Youth on Friday night, I love this person, I love my friends, I love food. That expression of love gets thrown around so much. So when you look to the Bible, you sit there and you go... It actually creates a beautiful expression of what actual love is. And I want to be a part of that. I don't know about you, but in First Peter 4 it says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sin. God loves us before we were even created. God sent his son to the cross before we were even thought of whilst we were still sinners. I don't know about you, but that sounds a pretty good expression of love to me. In John 15, 12, it says, This is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. I don't know about the family background that you guys have come from or the expressions of love within your family that you guys have um, had. But I would love to be able to create a culture that we God love each other in this building. We God love each other in this family. We God love, not human love, we God love each other through our struggles, through our wins, through everyday life. And we're able to, it doesn't matter how old we are or young we are, we can actually turn to the people next to us and know that we are going to be loved unconditionally because love covers a multitude of sins. And for God's love gets expressed because nobody, and it says this in the Bible, nobody has seen God, but if we express God's love through our actions, God will be seen through our actions. In John 15:9 it says I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your heart. I love that word, nourish. My wife's right into nourishing stuff within the, your health and the way she expresses that nourish like with our kids and everything like that. She wants to nourish our kids with, with food and uh, making sure that she has the the right things that um, both Oliver and Ivy can actually grow up healthily and, and get the best that they can actually get in their lives. So she, when she speaks about nourishment, she speaks about nourishment. When I hear you say this word nourishment, Nourish your hearts. It's everything that's good that goes into our hearts. This is the last Bible verse that I'll be using and then I'm going to hand over to to Blakey um, because I reckon he has a really important topic because the topic that he's got, and I'll let him introduce it, but the topic that he's got is that I find it hard that when I start dying to myself, when I don't know myself or I don't love myself, I find it hard to love others. And it's it's, it's hard to actually explain that because when whilst I've been away this last week, somebody uh, said to me, we need to die to ourselves to let God raise through us. So when I... I hear die to myself I continually think oh, I actually don't see myself as worthy or, or or able to do things or able to actually allow God into my life but when they use the word die to yourself die to yourself your your self gratification to actually allow God to work within you but Blake is about to bring home a message that, that I believe is going to be really good and it's, it's false images of self so be really, really good for him to do that. So I'm going to do. I'm going to. I'm going to finish off with a Bible verse, and then I am going to hand over to him. In the Bible, in in First um, John four seven uh, four seven, and then we're going to click over to nine and twelve just quickly. It says here, those who love, who are loved by God, let his let his love continually pour from one to another, because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The light of God's love shined within us when he he sent his matchless son into the world is a possibility of living through us. This love, he loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son as a pleasing sacrifice to take away our sins. God showed so much love by sending his son to offer us eternal life through his love. I'm going to introduce Blake.
0: Yeah, so as Anne am put, over the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at this topic, simple love. As he also said, what I'll be looking at this week is this topic of false images of self. Because when you think about it, how can you experience love or give love without knowing yourself first? So now, first of all, what is a false image of self? Well, let's break it down first. First, what's a self-image? Well, a self-image can be any image you have of yourself. That could be mental or visual. Any any image like that, that's a self-image. So if that's a self-image, a false image of self is obviously that. But false, right? Now, you, they can be called other things. It can be called a false sense of self. And one other thing which I, I actually love because this it's what truly it's a lie. Now, false images, they can be things such as you're dumb. You're ugly, a big one for me, you're not worthy. Now, these have all been things, all been lies that I've believed at one point in my life. But these aren't the ones I'm going to be focusing on today. I'm going to be focusing on two today. The first one being, I must earn the love and acceptance of others. And the second one, I must stay strong. Now, first what I'm going to talk about is I need to earn the love of others. Now, I've always been the type of person to care about my friends. I've I'll always put my friends first and worry about myself second. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's great to care about your friends. But for me, I was doing it in a very unhealthy way, with a very unhealthy mindset. I was doing it as a distraction. And you may ask, a distraction from what? For that, it requires a bit of backstory. Now, I I love backstories, like just like superhero backstories or backstories from characters in video games. I just love hearing the backstories. Uh, and spoiler alert: I'm no alien from another planet with super, bi- like these superpowers and these handsome looks. Well, I'm not alien. <laughs> my my backstory, unfortunately, is a little bit sadder. So, about from mid primary school to mid high school, I went through a real rough patch of bullying. Primary school it wasn't as bad, but Um, High school, it got a lot worse. It was extremely rough, very physical, and it got so bad at one point I nearly got thrown through a cupboard door. So it was pretty rough for me. But how does being bullied relate to me feeling like I need to be loved and accepted? Well, obviously while being bullied, I didn't really feel loved or accepted. So I had this brilliant idea that if I helped my friends and cared about them, I would feel loved and accepted, and most importantly, needed. And. That's what I did. I helped my friends as much as I could. I would put them first in every way possible and not even care about myself. Then I had this another brilliant idea. Maybe the more I help my friends, the more I feel loved, accepted and needed. Maybe the people bullying me would see that. Maybe The bullying would stop even. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. The bullying got worse and worse, and the worst part for me was I was no longer just doing the caring for my friends and helping my friends just for acceptance. I was now finding my worth in it. So I continued to do this. I found it was distracting me, and at that point I didn't care. I found that was an added bonus. I was feeling loved, accepted, needed, I felt worth, and I didn't have to face what I was going through. So I thought things couldn't be better. But I didn't feel that way. I just felt like I was going through the motion. I didn't feel right. I I thought that everything was okay, but I really didn't feel that way. Now my second false image. I must stay strong. But what I mean by that, well. I felt like I needed to act like everything was okay. I felt like I had to deal with everything I was going through by myself. And I felt like I couldn't show my emotions to anyone. Because that's what strong guys do, right? No, nah, no. Nah, that's wrong. Very, very wrong. But where do I get this? idea that I that I need to stay strong. Well, big surprise came from bullying. Yeah, so this all came from bullying. But how did being bullied make me feel like I needed to be strong? Well, for me, it was all about vulnerability. Now, first, what does vulnerability mean? So, I kind of sat on it, prayed about it, of course, Googled it. And this is what came up, and I absolutely love this definition. It is the most honest you can be. Being vulnerable involves letting yourself feel all the things, the good, the bad and the not-so-chill, and then also letting someone else see it all. When you hide or deny any of that, you're not being honest with either yourself or the other person. Let me just highlight that first line again. It is the most honest you can be. That's what it should be. Vulnerability should be being honest. Now of course that's not how I saw it. To me vulnerability was the way I felt while being bullied. I didn't associate being vulnerable with being honest. I associated it with being weak. So I didn't talk to anyone about it. All the stuff that that happened, I said not a single word. I built my walls up high and kept everything behind it. And I did that for four years. During that time, I only ever talked about once. That's when I first started coming here to the youth group. I talked about once with Adam and after that I shut myself up for four years. From year eight, five years ago, right up until a camp I went on last year, Uprising. That camp for me was a major turning point for so many reasons. But one of the most important reasons for me was I was able to open up about what I've been going through over the past four years. I felt like at just at this camp, I didn't have to have that fake mask on. I didn't have to wear facade. And this, that, I'll say, is where my... my journey began I grew up I grew up a Christian but not a Christian household my mum's Christian my dad's not so uh, I grew up in church but I never really I suppose felt Christian I suppose if that makes sense so I went to church right up until I was about 10 to 12. Then I just stopped going to church. I ended up getting invited to this youth group here, and that started. That was another major point in my life, because that's, I suppose, the start of this journey I'm on. Because I went to another camp with this youth called Drastic. After that camp, I decided that I wanted to be Christian. Unfortunately, I may have said that, but I didn't believe that. So those four years that I went through where well, I was keeping to myself. I was saying that I was Christian, but I wasn't really acting Christian. I was a Sunday Friday Christian. At youth and church. Yeah, I'm Christian. Away from there, at home, at school with friends. I mean, what was Christianity? But once again that changed all that uprising. At that point I decided I didn't want to just say I was Christian I want to be Christian. And this journey of opening up and what's led into a journey of forgiveness has something that I've still been journeying through right up until last week at the Winner school for Navigate. So now, those are my false images. And as I said, this is something that I've been journeying through. So, what have I found in all this? Well, obviously the most important thing I found is these are all lies. And if they're lies, what's the truth then? Well, this is my truth. I don't need to do anything to earn the love and acceptance of others because I'm already loved, and accepted, and needed by the one person that matters. I don't need to stay strong, do everything by myself, hide my emotions, because I can still be strong, and have emotions and get help from others. And and vulnerability doesn't mean that I'm weak; it means that I'm honest. And mo- for me, most importantly of all, my worth can't be found in what I do what I say or how I act. The only way I can find my true worth is in God. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org.